0: our podcast true crimes and story times i'm kirsten i'm michelle
1: and we're back with another true crime episode Um, (laughs) we'll get a soundboard one of these days
0: yep we've been talking about it for like the past million episodes (laughs) (laughs) it'll
1: be it'll be here one day um so i'm bringing you another true crime episode today we are going to cover the case of Jennifer Pan.
0: Never heard of it, surprisingly. Okay. kirsten um, has been trying to find true crimes that I haven't heard of because it's honestly kind of difficult. It
1: is very hard to do. I'll she's, be like, have you heard of this? And she's like, yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she was texting me the other day and she texted me like four true crimes in a row. I'm like, yep, 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 yep. Heard of all of them. And it's she's like, so hard. I just want to
1: find one you haven't heard of. <laughs> It's like the list is never ending, though. True. There's so many true crimes out there. For sure. You just gotta dig deep. Mm hmm. But anyway, this happened quite a few years ago, in like the 90s. Okay. So, before we were born.
0: The 90s before we were born? The 90s
1: before we were born.
0: Okay. <laughs> or you said the 90s maybe. before we were born. So, I was like... Before we were born. We <laughs> like were born at the
1: end of the Yeah, 90s. I was about to
0: say. So, um, this is the case of
1: Jennifer Pan. Okay. She is a Vietnamese Canadian woman. Mm-hmm. And she was born on June 17th, 1986. Okay. Okay. Um, her mother's name was Bic Ha Pan. Okay. And her father's name was Huy Pan. Sorry. Huy Han Pan. All right. I really hope I'm pronouncing those right. Um, her parents were immigrants from Vietnam to Canada.
0: Wow, that's a long way to go. Yeah. Um,
1: her father, Han, was born and went to school in Vietnam mm-hmm. and moved to Canada in 1979 as a political refugee. Okay. And her mother also immigrated as a refugee to Canada. Um, they got married and... And lived in Scarborough and had two children, Jennifer, who we we will be talking about today, Mm -hmm. and Felix. All right. Um, Bic and Han worked really hard to earn money for their kids so they could grow up and have the life that they didn't have when they were young. Um, they were very, very wealthy. Really? Really wealthy. Very well off. Um... They bought a large house with a two car garage in 2004. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bic drove a Lexus okay. ES300, is what it's called. I don't know what that is. And Han drove a Mercedes Benz. So, like, they had some money. Yeah. Um, they also had over $200,000 in savings. So, That's like, they were working hard. For their money. Yeah. And, like, providing for their family. Which is great. Mm Mm-hmm. They had um, a lot of goals for their children that were kind of high. Okay. Kind of really pretty high for their kids. Um, Jennifer started taking piano classes when she was just four years old. And she was taking figure skating lessons. I mean, that sounds fun. Yeah. She had hopes of becoming an Olympic figure skater. But she tore a ligament in her knee and was no longer able to skate. That sucks. She played the flute in the school band at uh, Mary Ward Catholic Secondary School. According to a lot of her friends, um, a lot of Jennifer's friends, mm-hmm. Han was like the classic tiger dad, is what they called it. Mm-hmm. And Bick was his reluctant accomplice. And I wasn't really sure what, like, a tiger parent meant. Yeah. So I looked it up, and I guess it refers to parents who practice positive and negative parenting strategies at the same time. So tiger parents are very strict and highly invested in making sure their children succeed and do well in life. Okay. So they want the—they have the best intentions for their children, Mm -hmm. but they're very strict about it Mm -hmm. and can kind of be negative about it. Okay but with positive intentions. Um, Jennifer's parents picked her up from school every day and monitored her extracurricular activities very closely. So she didn't do anything without her parents knowing. Right. They were kind of helicopter parents, I guess, for her whole life. She wasn't allowed to attend any school dances. Mm -hmm. She wasn't allowed to date in high school. Because they didn't want her to get distracted from her academics. And I feel like it's a lot that's kind of common. I know I when I was growing up, that was kind of common with my parents. Mm-hmm. They didn't really want me to, I guess, date. Because I did really well in school. And they didn't want anything to affect that.
0: My mom didn't really care. Like, once I got in high school, I got a little bit older. Like... She didn't really care if I had a boyfriend, but she did monitor me pretty closely. Like, mm-hmm. my mom was pretty strict. Yeah. I mean, I remember a time, my mom did drop me off at the mall a couple times to go on a date with mm-hmm. my boyfriend when I was, like, 16. Yeah. But I was 16. Like, right.
1: So, so, but her parents were, like, over the top with it. Like, yeah. Like, you, you, like, we will drive you to school. Mm-hmm. We will drive you to all your lessons. Mm-hmm.
0: We'll drive you to work, even. Well, like... my mom drove me to work and stuff, because I didn't have a car, mm-hmm. but um, I didn't really do extracurricular cur- like activities, and my mom did keep a pretty close eye on me. Like, I wasn't allowed to spend the night at people's houses mm-hmm. if my mom didn't know their parents or oh, didn't yeah. talk to them. Like yeah. Um, I did have a best friend in, like, middle school, high school, like, at the beginning of high school, um, at the time. It was, like, when you were going to Shenandoah. hmm And... Uh, my mom let me ride the bus home with her and stuff like that because she knew her parents and she knew that she was a good kid. Yeah. But other than that, like... Yeah, I had, like,
1: two friends in, like, later middle school, like, early mm-hmm. high school that lived right around the corner from me that mm-hmm. my parents would let me go hang out with and stay the night with. But that's because they were, like, right down the street yeah. from the house.
0: And my friend, she didn't live very far from my mom either, like, mm-hmm. two minutes maybe. And so. the
1: town we lived in was really, really small. Yeah. So... Everybody knew everybody, pretty much.
0: Gotcha. Um,
1: but even at the age of 22, Jennifer had never been to a club. She had never been drunk or been to a friend's house or even went on vacation without her parents.
0: Okay, I've never been to a club, but...
1: I've never been to a club. I don't
0: but really want to. that's not because
1: of my parents. I just haven't yeah, been. <laughs> I
0: just choose not to. I don't want sweaty-ass people around me.
1: Also, COVID. Like, COVID hit right when we turned 21 yeah pretty that's much true so we were kind of limited on yeah that's also true
0: but still like i even at 21 i still wouldn't have went to a club yeah no. like i went to a mexican restaurant got a fat-ass margarita same I was like for my birthday yep. yep other than that
1: that was it um jennifer's friends said her upbringing was very restrictive and oppressive just okay. because her parents were constantly monitoring her and would not allow her to do anything mm-hmm. and i can see that would probably be very stressful and oh for sure yeah. upsetting because all of your friends and everybody around you is like growing up and like going to parties and stuff mm-hmm. and you're just not allowed to yeah um, because
0: of your parents i totally get that like just like you need to have like structure and like normal sleep. Do what you need to do, and like if you're going to school, like focus on school as well. But you also need time to like relax and right. hang out with your friends and just have like downtime. Like you can't expect somebody to redline like twenty four seven. And you know she I mean? she never got downtime. She never got time to relax or anything like that. I can imagine that because
1: what her, her I mean her parents had good intentions behind mm-hmm. it, but it was an it was a negative
0: effect on her. Yeah, even now when. I work, and I'm about to go to school, and I do the podcast, and I do other stuff, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I still give myself downtime, because I know it's important, like, mentally. So exactly. So,
1: even though her parents' expectations of her grades were very high, her grades throughout high school were pretty average, except for in music. Mm -hmm. She forged a lot of her report cards to make her parents think she was receiving all A's. She had been accepted to Ryerson University pretty early, like a early admissions, mm-hmm. but they resented her early admission when she failed calculus her senior year of high school. Hmm. So she wasn't even really doing great in school. Yeah. She was doing you know, normal, average. Yeah. Well, I mean, she wasn't like this accelerated, you know, yeah. super smart student. I mean,
0: when you're constantly, your parents constantly expect you to do something 24-7 I probably wouldn't be doing that great in school either. Yeah, so um,
1: she didn't want her parents to look at her as a failure mm-hmm. for not for getting her acceptance revoked right. from this university. So she lied to everyone and pretended that she was attending college after That's hard. she, yeah. So um, when she was supposed to like be in class at college Mm -hmm. she would go and like sit in cafes and teach piano on the side and she even worked in a restaurant to earn money okay um she went so far as to tell her parents she was getting scholarships and even falsely claimed she was she had accepted an offer into the pharmacology program at the university of toronto like she was dragging this
0: all out I was about to say, like... A whole string of lies. She's just getting deeper and deeper mm-hmm. and deeper into her lie, and it's going to be harder to dig her way back out.
1: But I'm sure she was probably afraid of what her parents would think. Oh, I'm sure. Because they were so strict mm. of her ap- academics and yeah. didn't want her to be a quote-unquote
0: failure. But if she would have just told them, I felt like they probably would have helped her get on back back yeah. on track. Like, they still loved her, obviously. Mm-hmm. So...
1: She even had bought, like, school books and mm-hmm. watched videos to take fake notes so she could, like, show her parents what she was, like, supposed to be learning. Hmm. Like, she drug it out that's, way that's too That's going far. to great lengths. Yes. So, she asked her parents' permission to stay near campus, um, but she was actually living with her boyfriend, Daniel, that she met in high school. Daniel was Chinese and Filipino, Mm -hmm. and he was also an active marijuana dealer. So this was, like, total opposite of her.
0: The devil's lettuce will get you. Man.
1: So when she got older, she pretended to complete her degree at this college that she Mm -hmm. was pretending to go to and told her parents she was a volunteer at the hospital for sick children. They started to get suspicious of this because she didn't have a hospital badge or a uniform. She had never showed them any kind of proof mm. that she was working at this hospital.
0: She's dragging us on way too long. Her mother,
1: Big, actually followed Jennifer to work one day and find out she had been lying about the whole thing. She had been lying about all of it. So, Big told Han, her father, about what she had discovered... And he wanted to kick her out of the house because he was mad, because she she had been lying to them. But Big persuaded him to let her stay. She didn't want her daughter to be out on the streets.
0: Yeah, that's just going to make her...
1: Make it It's even harder. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jennifer began working to complete her high school degree because she failed calculus and didn't graduate. Um, And was encouraged by her parents to apply to university, actually apply and actually go to university. Okay. She was forbidden by her parents to contact her boyfriend, Daniel, and could not go anywhere except to teach piano lessons. So, they were even more strict now.
0: Which, she's an adult, so... Right. Of course,
1: her and Daniel still spoke behind her parents' back. I would, too. (laughs) She's just gonna rebel. That's the thing about, like, really strict helicopter parents if you're so strict and never let your kids do anything, they're going to go behind your back and do it anyway.
0: Well, you have to let your kids grow up. Right. You can't expect your kids to be kids forever. hmm You know, like, you can't hold them down. It doesn't matter how strict you are because they're still going to do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're adults. Like, what do they expect? Like, I don't, I don't understand that. Like, you have to let your kids grow up at some point in time. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then they're going to be so sheltered that they don't understand when they do get out on their own. You know? Yeah. It's just.
1: So, my notes say when Jennifer turned 34. I'm pretty sure that's supposed to say 24. I was
0: about to say, dang, 34.
1: Yeah, that's like way jump. So, um, when Jennifer turned 24, Daniel was starting to get weary of trying to have a relationship with her because she was so controlled by her parents and could never do anything. He was growing tired of it. It's understandable. So he ended up breaking up with her and started dating another woman. When Jennifer found out about this new girlfriend of his, she told Daniel that a man had entered her house after showing her a badge claiming he was the police. But then several more men rushed in after him and gang raped her. Like, she's telling this to to Daniel because she's upset that he started dating somebody else.
0: Um, red flag? Yeah, so she's
1: kind of losing it. Yeah, sounds like it. She said that after this happened, a bullet was mailed to her and claimed that both of these events were set up by Daniel's new girlfriend. Like she was trying to get her or
0: something. Okay, like... <laughs> like what? She already has the man, so why uh, yeah, would she harass yeah. the ex-girlfriend? Uh, I don't know. That doesn't really make any sense to Confusing. me. Confusing, yeah. yeah.
1: So, Jennifer was getting really tired. Of her life being controlled by her parents. I would be too. She wasn't able to do anything she wanted. She was constantly monitored. She had lost her boyfriend because of them. She was getting really depressed and really tired of not being able to do anything. Yeah. Like a normal person. Yeah. So, Jennifer and Daniel got back in contact with each other in the spring of 2010. Uh, They came up with a plan to hire a hitman to kill her parents
0: okay that's not the right route you're just, just gonna to... go
1: right into it <laughs> Jeez,
0: that is not the right route yeah people. so she
1: was taking extreme measures like she was tired of it she went all the way she went from zero to a hundred real quick
0: for real because like why didn't you just say hey get off my fucking ass <laughs> or how about i'm just gonna leave and you can't tell me no," or i'm a grown woman i do what i wanted to <laughs> right no she
1: went straight to hit me and kill my parents
0: Jesus. Yeah. So, um... Now the Drake song's going through my head. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. It's bad. So,
1: um, Jennifer and Daniel were going to pay $10,000 to these hitmen to kill her parents. And then she would inherit $500,000 from them after they died. Jeez. Because they were really, really wealthy. So, anything that's left is going to go to her and her sibling. Right. Us too. So... They were like, yeah, after my parents are dead, I'll give you $10,000. Sure, that's nothing. That's pennies to me. So, Daniel was able to get Jennifer in contact with a man named Lenford Roy Crawford. He also went by Homeboy. He ain't my Homeboy. Man. I feel like that's such a typical, like, hitman name. Homeboy.
0: I was expecting it to... be spelled home and then B-O-I. B-O-I, yeah. (laughs)
1: Homeboy. That's my
0: way of spelling. <laughs> That's Gen Z shit. Man. Anyways.
1: Uh, Daniel also got her a new phone with a new SIM card that her parents couldn't monitor so that she could be in contact with Crawford. Or homeboy. Um Crawford then contacted another man named Eric Sean Sniper Cardi. Jesus. Who contacted another man named David? And I don't know how to pronounce his last name at all. Starts with an M.
0: Ends with an M. (laughs) Ends with an M. Okay, but Eric, Sean, Sniper, Cardi, that's a mouthful. That's too much. Like, you gotta come up with something better than that. And David, I don't... David Milvangenum?
1: Something like that. (laughs) I really don't even want to try it, because I'm going to butcher it. Just do it. His name's David. Okay, let's try. Milvangenum. There you go. There you go. We will refer to him as David.
0: How come he doesn't have a nickname like the I other don't know. ones? Homeboy Sniper and Sniper. And Homeboy? What? Sniper?
1: I don't know. Uh, anyways, is a good shot. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so on the night of November 8th, 2010, Han was in bed and Big was reading downstairs. Jennifer told her mother goodnight and unlocked the front door on her way to bed and then called David this bitch David whose name i can't pronounce
0: David m M-M. m m m since with his a name <laughs> begins with <laughs> and ends with it. um she
1: had previously received a text from Crawford earlier that day that said quote after work okay will be game time 3 minutes after she got off the phone with David At 10.05 p.m., David and two other people entered the house all carrying guns. So, the two other people that entered the home with David Mm -hmm. were never 100% identified. Um, So, all three men entered and demanded all the money in the house and destroyed the main bedroom.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: They took Jennifer's parents to the basement And shot them multiple times. They were tied up and shot multiple times. Bick was killed. She died at the scene. But Han survived his injuries. That's so sad. But they didn't know that. So the three men took all the money from the house and left. And then Jennifer claimed they tied her up as well. But she managed to get free and call 911. So, when she called nine one one she told them that she was tied up too, but she managed to get her phone to call nine one one okay
0: mm-hmm.
1: Police were suspicious of this because they didn't know how she'd be able to reach her phone with her hands tied, right, and so, like in an interview, she like was showing them like this is how my hands were tied, and this is how I reached my phone, trying to like play it off, yeah, okay so. The evening after the murder, uh, Jennifer had her first interview with the police about what happened. Her father was in a coma from his injuries, but woke up on November 12th. Mm-hmm. He told the police that he saw Jennifer talking to one of the gunmen like she knew them. Like she they were friends or something. So, they were catching on to her pretty fast.
0: Right. Also, She was like, not very smart. Imagine, like you have your wife right and you come over to Canada with your daughter and then she devises this plan to kill you and then she kills your wife the person that you've been with for for this long yeah like I'm sure that's like so heartbreaking and like he didn't want his daughter to be a failure but at this point like she is right not of their I don't think it was really them that I think that they were really strict on her, and they shouldn't have been strict on her, but I'm not mm-hmm. going to blame them for her killing them. Like, yeah, no. She no. could have went about it a completely different yeah. way. So,
1: Jennifer was questioned again on November 22nd, 2010, and they told her that they knew everything just to try and get her to fess up, and right. she did. She cracked. I'm not surprised. She told police that she had hired the hitman, but not to kill her parents, to kill herself. Like that makes sense. Like no, yeah, I hired I hired Hitman to come in here and kill me, not my parents.
0: Then why wouldn't you just Yeah. You know. Yeah.
1: So the interrogating police officer William Goetz, mm-hmm. told Jennifer that he had computer software that could tell when people were lying and that there were satellites that used infrared technology to detect movements in building buildings. Mm-hmm. This was all a lie. They were just trying to come up with some stuff to throw her off. Right. To, to get her to admit. Right. But in Canada, police are allowed to lie to the people they're interrogating if it's about the evidence in the trial. Oh, really? Yes. To try and get you to confess. To mm-hmm. th- as long as it's about, you know, the situation that happened. Yeah. And. They were trying to benefit from it.
0: hmm
1: They can't lie. Hmm. Um, obviously, she had cracked. She... They knew she did it. All signs point to her. hmm So, Jennifer was arrested on November 22nd, and all of the hitmen were tracked down and arrested in the following months. This included Daniel, who was her ex-boyfriend. Right. David... Eric Cardi and Crawford. But the the people that entered the house, mm-hmm. I don't think were positively identified as Eric Cardi and Crawford and David.
0: But it was just assumed because they were because all Because they involved.
1: were all texting and their names were in the text messages. Gotcha. So...
0: Well, it makes sense. I mean...
1: Like, nobody ever positively positively identified that it was them at the scene right but they were a part of it gotcha so they just assumed yeah so the trial started on march 19th 2014 and went on for 10 months Jeez, that's a long time all of the hitmen pled guilty of all charges first degree murder attempted murder and conspiracy to commit murder Police evidence included tracking of all their phone movements and text messages that were exchanged. There were over a hundred text messages sent between Jennifer and Daniel just six hours before the invasion.
0: That's crazy. That's a lot of text messages. You know, I can look up how many text messages I send a month on my phone plane. Really? Yeah. I send a lot. Really?
1: Yeah, a lot. That's crazy. Well, it's because I I don't ever call people. Yeah i feel like i don't ever text that often like if me and you text it's usually like on snapchat well,
0: or if now, it's about like
1: podcast stuff we'll text
0: but like now because i didn't have snapchat yeah no. remember since i like didn't have any social media mm-hmm. really except for like dude i didn't have social media for like two years and then i got facebook back Mhm. and then so, i do even all, though i, I do
1: it. all of the the
0: social media stuff for the podcast Mm-mm, i post my own majority stuff. i haven't posted anything because i've been doing story time where's your post on facebook your oh i don't post on facebook yeah get on it i post on twitter the most i don't even get on see i turn the notifications off for our twitter because i got tired of it mm-hmm. i don't have notifications turned on for instagram no notifications for facebook nothing i just get on there when i want anyway let's we're getting off on a tangent
1: so, there was over a hundred text messages sent between them. That's crazy. In the six hours before the invasion. Mm-hmm. Um, more evidence was aimed towards the nature of the quote-unquote break-in and irregularities in Jennifer's story. Jennifer's obsession with Daniel and her lack of emotion were noted, as well as her confession of the attack. The main issue with the whole situation was that Jennifer was not assaulted or attacked or anything. She wasn't tied up or taken to the basement or shot, which leaves her as a witness.
0: Right. And you would have thought if they were there to really get her too, they would have taken her to the basement as right. well. So that was like red flag
1: number one.
0: Right. Because
1: her parents were tied up and everything else. Why would they not tie her up mm-hmm. if they were there to invade the whole house? Right. Because that leaves her as a witness, they could tur- she could turn them in. So Han's story also didn't match Jennifer's, which came up as a red flag, obviously, because Jennifer was lying about the whole situation, mm-hmm. and Han told the truth mm-hmm. because he survived his wounds and was able to tell the police what really happened. On December 13th, 2014, they were all convicted and received a life sentence with no chance of parole for 25 years. Jennifer's father and brother requested a court order that banned her from ever cont- contacting any members of her family ever again. She's also banned from ever contacting Daniel again. Wow. So she's like completely put off from her family.
0: Well, that's what she gets.
1: As of 2016, Jennifer was serving her sentence at the Grand Valley Institution for Women in Kitchener, Ontario. Daniel is at Collins Bay Institution in Kingston, Ontario. David was at Atlantic Institution in Renoir, New Brunswick. I think that's how you say that. I think the S is silent. So Crawford was at Kent Institution in Agassiz, British Columbia. Cardi requested to go to a federal prison in Western Canada or Atlantic Canada, um, but was still at Millhaven Assessment Unit awaiting his transfer to a federal prison when he died in his cell on April 26, 2018. So, they're all doing their time in prison as of now, as of 2016, except for Cardi, who has passed away.
0: They deserve to be in there. Yep. Just so, like most
1: of the people we cover. I just can't believe that that's what she would go to. Like, you are so desperate. Just tell your to parents off. To have some off. freedom that you're just going to
0: hire a hitman to kill them. For real. I just... I don't know. I guess I'm just more outspoken with my parents, but I have always been, like, very, very independent. Even when I was, mm-hmm. like, a kid. Like, I always wanted to do things by myself. Mm-hmm. And... Like, people have always told me I'm way more mature than my actual age, you know? Mm -hmm. So, it's just, like, grow up and just tell them off. Like, don't tell them off. Just sit down and have a conversation with them. And if they get mad, then figure it out and move out. Like, do what you have to do. Like, Mm -hmm. I know it's not easy to move out and, like, get a place on your own and things like that. But, like, you got to do what you got to do.
1: If you're that desperate to be to have some normalcy, then... That
0: you're going to go to the lengths of killing your parents, then Why don't yeah. you try something
1: else first? Seriously. So, I think the moral of the story is, if you have strict parents, don't hire a hitman to kill them. Yeah. Just have a conversation with them. Yeah. Move out something do something don't kill them that's not the right i mean she already lived the way to go her
0: boyfriend's obviously not a good person as we found out but like she already lived with him at one point why wouldn't you just say okay well i'm just gonna go live with him again yeah yeah i don't know it's crazy yeah it is crazy but anyway this one
1: was pretty short i figured i'd give you guys a short one after doing the two part of uh the betsy faria case um, which if you haven't listened to, go listen to it. I think it's pretty good.
0: Yep. It is good.
1: Also, um, Michelle has uploaded another storytime episode. episode on Wednesday. Go back and listen to that. Go listen to that after you, this one's pretty much over now. So mm-hmm. go listen to it now.
0: If you haven't already.
1: If you haven't already. Um, and I think next week Michelle will be doing another story time and I'll be doing true crime.
0: Yep. And, and then, then
1: after that, we'll switch back to.
0: Me doing true crime and Kirsten doing story time. Yes.
1: So, and I've already got some stories picked out for you guys that are pretty good. I already got my
0: true crime lined up. So, make sure
1: you stick around for those. Yep. And, um. Go
0: subscribe to our Patreon if you haven't already.
1: do that. As I always say in every episode, there's lots of fun things on there.
0: We have two bonus episodes on there so far. Two mukbangs. um, Mm -hmm. Notes for every case that we cover in case you want to go read our notes or... Whatever. Um, when you guys are listening to this, we will be uploading
1: a bonus episode on next Sunday. Sunday. Yeah.
0: So. Yep. Oh, yeah. Sunday. Sorry. When we upload this, it's Friday. So, Sunday. Yes. Yep. <laughs> so, it'll be up there
1: on Sunday. There will be
0: three bonus episodes then mm-hmm. on our Patreon. Um, All of our unedited, uncut versions of everything. If also you want to listen
1: YouTube. to, like, what we're like behind the scenes. All the stuff that we cut out of the yeah. regular... when we get
0: excited and stuff
1: are us tripping over our words and having random conversations in the middle of talking about
0: a case taking pictures in the middle of (laughs)
1: yeah anyways
0: that's it um
1: i'm trying to think if there's anything else nope i don't think there is we're still trying
0: to figure out where to put our videos
1: we have them all so they'll all be like mass released at some point
0: (laughs) yep once we figure it out
1: we'll let you guys know where to find them when we get there yep if you have any suggestions for cases or stories or something you want us to cover, you can DM us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.
0: Send it to our email. TikTok. TCSTpodcast at gmail.com and make sure you put story or case idea in the subject line, please, so we, we, we can will figure it out.
1: we will make sure to mention you and credit you in our episode if we decide to do it. Also, if you
0: subscribe to the Patreon... um. You get a shout-out on our podcast. Yeah, we'll shout you out. We'll, like... Come on. Subscribe so we can shout you out.
1: Tell people to follow you on whatever.
0: Yeah. Give us your plugs. I don't know.
1: We We will link it. We'll link it in our show notes. All you gotta do is subscribe to our Patreon. True, true. That's all you gotta do. It's that easy. Yep. There's lots of content out there. You just gotta find
0: it. Anyways... Thanks for listening. uh,
1: We'll catch you next week.
0: See ya. Bye.